Welcome to Industry Night, where I provide a platform for fellow service industry members from bartenders, servers, and hosts to food and beverage directors, chefs, and brand reps to share their stories, their knowledge, and their passions. Tonight, I have one of my fellow bartenders with me, Matt Lawson. Hello. Um, and as any good bartender knows, things get a lot more fun and a lot more honest after the first round. So we're going to start with a shot of Jaeger. As we do. As we do. <laughs> Cheers, friendo. Cheers. Delicious. <sighs> so yeah, I'm in, immediately a little bit more settled in. Yeah. It's good stuff. Honestly, it tastes a little like cookie dough. I never would have gotten that before now. Yeah. But doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because my bottle's gotten a little bit of sunlight, if it's gotten a little bit more sugary, <laughs> but... Pro tip, apparently you leave your ear in the sun a little bit. It's, like, yeah. it's still like minty and chocolatey, but yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it just takes it a little bit of that direction. Well, wonderful. Um, so, Matt is my head bartender, where I'm currently bartending. We've been working together for a couple of years now. Two years. Two uh, years. In three days. Cute. Yeah. It's like an <laughs> anniversary <Right>? moment. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, I wanted to bring you on, because I think you have an extremely unique background especially knowing your process for making cocktails comes so much from your more culinary background in back of house um can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry and what those first years in the kitchen were like yeah um so i i started working in kitchens when i was 15 um, I was a dishwasher in Chattanooga. Um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I made my way kind of like up through kitchens until about the time that I was, uh, 21, I'd gotten, I'd become a sous chef, nice. um, at kind of a fine dining French place. And that's when, you know, as I got to kind of start drinking, I realized that the world of bartending was very similar to the world of culinary. Like you have like a, just this vast array of ingredients and you can, uh manipulate them in different ways to make you know kind of fun stuff and so at that point i wanted to transition out to uh to the front of house uh, the i the love of kitchens had been burned out of me by that time yes now uh, how did you make it from dishwasher to sous chef like did you ask did you do tr training outside of where you were working it like, was always hands-on like? it was always hands-on training it was um kind of you know like the normal transition from like dish to like when i was done with that i would go like you know learn how learn some knife cuts learn some prep yeah. stuff and went to am prep went to line cook went up to all the way up through ordering and executing it's kind of based on like the restaurant's needs and yeah. you proving that you were like yeah kind of building, building the spaces that they were as they were yeah. necessary yeah gotcha well very cool so what was the highest like point that you were at like with the kitchen uh being a sous chef at a uh, a james beard finalist restaurant yeah so it was was that also in chattanooga yeah okay Ah. Yeah, so it was a it was a really cool place to be at the time, and I learned a lot there that I still use today. Mm -hmm. uh, but the kitchen is just grueling. It's it's ninety hours a week and Ooh. no pay, no sleep. And uh, yeah. do you think? Do you feel like that's the average, like a ninety hour work week, is for like most kitchens? It depends on what what kind of kitchen you're in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's it's the industry seems to be leaning in a better direction. That's good. Uh, more and more. Yeah, I uh, feel like this kind of younger newer wave generation even even our generation is like pretty adamant about making some changes of like cool i know that's how this has always been done but it sucks yeah. how about we try something different that'd be crazy if yeah. anything different <laughs> so, yes god forbid for a long time 
Yeah. There's, there's some people that are, you know, they're so in love with it that they're okay with that, mm-hmm. that kind of lifestyle. And sure. they're just, for yeah, me, they're married to the, the job. Yeah, there was no balance. There was no, there was no personal life outside of it. Like I was literally working from 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day for three months. And I slept at the restaurant. And I was going to say, yeah, at that point, there's like, just yeah, like literally a, bag of, in the back. a bag of linens for a, for a pillow. And like Chef Coat is a jacket. And it was just like this, there was no more. I couldn't. I couldn't and I imagine that. that has to speak to at least to some level because it was such a fine dining place. I'm sure the prep, amount of prep had to be just absolutely insane. Yeah, we, we had a, a, a corn soup that took 11 hours to prep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. Is that the kind of thing that you guys would run out of? Yeah, every day. Okay, I was going to assume. But okay. like, there was like one component of it that was like a, a gelée that had to go uh, overnight in the freezer, and we could only gelée. Uh, so like a like a, a corn gel, okay. uh, since like since we like it had almost like almost a cakey texture, oh, and we would uh, set it in with gelatin and PVC pipes, and then as <laughs> after we freeze it, take it out, slice it. And we can only make so much of it, uh, well, yeah. like with space Especially, constraints. I was going to say, yeah, the space constraints, it. I'm sure, are huge. Yeah, I mean, that has to take up a lot. That was that was almost every day. So we'd have to make two full batches of that. And that was a pretty intensive PVC process. PVC pipes, gelée. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. It's a great soup, but God, every time somebody ordered one, I cried a little bit. It is <laughs> dying a little bit inside. Just like, like, another... Well, you're further proving we have to keep. The fucking zoo. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just like there's 30 more minutes. It's 30 more minutes. It's... God. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. Um, so you notice the crossover and similarities between what a bar tender is doing versus kind of the creative process you were doing. Mm-hmm. How did you make the leap or who gave you a chance, I guess? So the honest answer is I, at the restaurant I was working at at the time, I asked them if they would transition me to a front of house position and I explained to them why. Um, and they seemed, um, receptive to it. And they said, give us like a couple of months to train up your replacement. So I did that. And then at the end of that three month period, they said, "Never mind, bye. And fired you? Or they told me I could stay in the kitchen or I could go. Um, so I left, I, there was a, an Irish bar, uh, kind of around the corner, um, that my friend was, uh, working at managing at the time. So I took off my coat, walked across the street. And walked in and said, hey, can I bartend? And David was kind enough. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Come on. And I started bartending that day. And it was, a, it. It was a beer and a shot bar. But, you know, yeah. it's like we had our uh, snack box uh, PBR, Evan Green Label for $5 uh, combo. Uh, I could just make 200 a day. PBR. I feel like I know I got rid of it at our bar. I feel like I, I feel obligated to bring it back a little bit. We do really well with our just you know, shitty domestics. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, 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 they're, they're so commonplace for a reason. It's, it's such a crispy it's, yellow. Yes, it's not, it's like, a, means like arguably a good beer. It was once. It got blue ribbon. Touche. Yeah, 200 years ago, probably, but, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So first bartending gig, divey bar-ish. Oh, very divey. Okay. Uh, it is still the biggest cocaine den in Chattanooga. It's, <laughs> I have no idea how that place is still open, but... uh, You know, isn't that a little questionable, though? Can we just address that sometimes of, like... We all know. Yeah. And yet, thriving. Yeah. So how long were you there? 
Oh, it was a period of months, I think. Okay. Yeah, uh, not, yeah I, I don't think I was even there for a year. I actually uh, wound up at a, a hotel bar um, in Chattanooga shortly nice. after. And you've often always spoken pretty highly of working at a hotel. I think bar. it's awesome. This one was a this one was a boutique hotel. It was only eighteen rooms. Oh wow! Um, so Great. it was it was little bitty. Okay. Uh, but it did have a full service restaurant and a separate bar, so it was actually a very busy space. That's pretty intense for such a small space. Yeah. Actually, the the new place your friend started is it that small, Nick? Oh Reunion? yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about Reunion to comfortably say. I know they have some spaces to stay, but I think it's like. Is it like three to ten or something? It's primarily a bar, as far as I understand. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, actually, I was like, I remember being a super big space. Uh, Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, Hannah and I went. Yeah. And it was a great spot. It was really cool. It's just like it's definitely like you know going through some growing pains, but like any new concept would be. Say yeah, anything that's brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I generally try to give things a couple months before I go. I feel like a lot of people are always asking, like, why haven't you checked it out? We have a couple of new places opening near our bar. And a lot of our regulars like, yeah, have you been? And I'm like, no, I'm going to give it a little time. I want to give it like a fair shot. And most openings, it's like, it, it, it it's hard. Takes, it's hard. It is hard, which you would know. You've been a part of a couple. I think I've done 11 openings now. Honestly, you are, in my opinion, well, opinion, clearly not. It, in my assumption, it's like you're not even old enough to have done 11. But yeah, you clearly been, have. It's, it's been it's crazy. Been a, it's, like, it's been yeah. That yeah. is wild. Yeah, and it's it's always it's always fun. It's just it's. it's just I fun. think that's where I thrive. It's like I love doing the openings. Um, I you don't sleep for, you know, a few weeks probably. Yeah. Uh, but like getting to create something, I think is why I've always done it. Yeah. Um, and it's like if it's a, a food item, a cocktail, or like a you know a, a new establishment, it's always. A whole combo. A whole new one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's I, I, it's 11-ish. 11-ish. Yeah. And how long are you typically with these places? If you've been at for, 11, yeah. you're clearly not staying long-term with them. Right. And like several of them were for like a single hospitality group, right? Okay. So like as I worked for, for one hospitality group and with them, I opened Five different outlets, six different outlets. Two were in one hotel, so it was restaurant and bar. Okay. Another one was two in one hotel, that was restaurant and bar. And then I, I went to uh, Louisville and I went to Memphis and opened a couple with them as well. Wow, that's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, so that was that was in a, a roughly two year period. So then they were obviously with you under the impression that you were like going to go, going to help open, and then move out to the next one. Correct. It was kind yeah, of like yeah. the. Yeah, I was working really closely with like the F and B director Great. for the hospitality group, and mm-hmm. like he, after um, we opened the first one together, he was like, "Okay, you're good at this. Let's keep going." Love that. Okay, so how did you get there from the dive bar? So it was an interesting bit of hop around. Um, so I went to that first hotel bar, uh, and I was there for a little over a year, and that was where I really learned how to do craft cocktails. So underneath it, somebody else or with your own experimentation? A little bit of both. So there was obviously there was uh, two of my friends that were working there and I made more friends through working there. Uh, As we do yeah. in the industry. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very small. It is small. <laughs> uh, from there, I worked at um, a couple of restaurants. I was working two jobs for a while, just trying to figure out where I wanted to be. Um, and then ultimately, I wound up at Chattanooga Whiskey um, at the distillery. Um, okay. So I was... Yeah there for 
uh, a year and a half or so, and I was actually like managing in the the micro distillery. So part of that was doing scores, tastings, and stuff like that, um, and then just learning about the distillation process as well. Um, and then from there is where I wound up with the hospitality group. So that was all in a span of twenty. 2014 to about 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was about a little my, chunk of time. Yeah. So it was about my, my first like six ish years of bartending yeah. where. So was there a period there where you were also at the distillery and helping open some concepts? Did that yeah. So the, the transition from the distillery actually, um, uh, Tim is uh, the primary owner of Chattanooga Whiskey. Uh, he recommended me um, yeah. to the oh, hospitality group. Okay. Um, well, you did your first one and then that guy was like, great you're yeah. born for this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I, I, and i can't i can't think uh it was uh tim and john uh chat whiskey were the ones that were like hey we got your guy oh, and yeah. they from there i met uh anthony and he he was my best friend throughout the all of those openings we did all of them together that's awesome uh there's a lot of really long really silly nights <laughs> <laughs> i can't even imagine so what kind of hours then for like per for a week how many were hours were you putting in during that phase of your life? It it depended on where I was at the time. It was okay. pretty, like in in Chattanooga, it was pretty grueling. Um, I guess the, the, the best part about opening a hotel is like you can sleep much more comfortably than I did at the at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bonuses. Yeah, I did. I did for a couple of nights spend uh, stay. Yeah, I, I did stay. I did stay in a room that had no windows. Uh, like there was there was holes in the wall. <laughs> But they what? didn't have the glass panes in. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Which was an interesting time. Yeah, like it was ready for windows. Yeah, just, just, they hadn't gotten to that side of the building yet. Uh, oh my god, that's crazy. It was great in uh, July in the South. Like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so like part of it was, uh, you know, like we had we would do like Marriott brand training at like six a.m. and then we okay. would do staff recruitment from like eight to noon. We would take a lunch break and we would do more staff recruitment. So a lot of it was kind of just doing interviews, waiting for interviews and seeing who actually showed up. Yeah. Um, Did a lot of people not show up? Oh, a lot. Yeah. That blows my mind. Yeah. I think like, you know, we would have an average of just like 10 to 15 candidates every day that we were intentionally to interview. Yeah. And there's, there's three of us on the team that were doing yeah. kind of the hiring process. Sure. Uh, and I would say maybe half of those showed up on, on average. That's honestly wild to me. Yeah. And it's, you know, part of it is like, that's another part that's like difficult openings until, until the place is open, you don't know what you're signing up for as an employee. Which is, I mean, yeah, completely yeah, fair. It's, it's, it's definitely a leap of blind faith, which, you know, for better or worse, uh, I got some really, really green bartenders. Not like I was green, yeah, particularly green at the time, but I'm talking like uh, Logan Roadhouse. But with that, the, it's one of my favorite things that I always talk about. It's like, there's no bad habits. And oh, so you can, you get to teach and help and like, it's just like the concept, you get to watch it grow and come into fruition. You get to do the same thing with these, these kind of folks. Yeah. For that, for that first place, I actually, I got written up for having uh, 120 hours of overtime months. Uh, this means I worked 160 hour work week. I mean, how many hours are in a week? Seven times 24. I don't know that you're, you're I was, I was, I was, I was like, I had slept like eight hours that week. I was going to say, you, you had to have been working it was, like all day. Yeah. Day. So, like, we would get through all these interviews and everything. And then it would be like, we go. You left kitchens with the 90 hour months <laughs> for bigger and better things. So you gotta remember, I, I, was opening, I was opening two separate outlets. I was trying to hire staff. I was like unboxing and ordering, you know, like ordering glassware, installing the dishwasher. Like, it just, 
putting up shelves, like literally anything that could be done. Yeah. We, it was, it was me and Anthony. Well, I guess maybe the bigger hindsight bias, beautiful thing, looking back, wouldn't it have made more sense for them than to make you a salary? They wanted to, but I was oh. after, after my kitchen burn, I'm, I'm smart. Yeah. After my kitchen burn, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'll ever have a salary job again. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Industry, I, I feel like, in general, definitely makes you really, like, wary yeah. of that. Because I've known a lot of people that have had the mindset of, like, okay, I'm going to work my way up at this place. I'm going to become bartender, bar manager. I'm going to move into a more general management type of position. Mm. Things are going to be great. I'm going to have control. <laughs> I'm going to have stability. But really, it, it's it's everything still on you. And the expectation is for it to be fixed. And so other people aren't going to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. So you are doing these crazy hours. But now you're stuck at a salary. Exactly. And that's can. like I've, I've said, I've been offered multiple salaries. I've taken one salary since then. And it also bit me in the ass. Uh, so I think I'm just... <laughs> i'm tapped out on that one now thanks but no thanks yeah it's, it's definitely to that point and yes wow that's an insane amount. so you got written up for the amount of work yeah, that you were yeah. doing and i think it was you know it was a uh they were trying to do me a favor <laughs> they were like please go home do you think more of like an intervention almost yeah of like, yeah hey, i need you to really look at how much you're doing yeah it was it was that first week um that we had opened that bar and we the massive space it was a uh, 267 person capacity rooftop rooftop yeah That's and huge. we started with five bartenders and two servers we had the head of finance for the hospitality group was in there busing tables for us so like we were all we were all all the way in and yeah. so it was between that and the restaurant downstairs so like it like work breakfast downstairs or in the coffee shop and then the bar would open at five and i'd go work at the bar and then we'd close at one so we'd get out of there around three or four and then it'd be back to the coffee shop at six. Oh my god yeah it was it was fun though Fond memories? Yeah, I turned 30 this year, so I don't think it's happening anymore, but... <laughs> no. At the time, I was young and spry. And then, yeah. Like, all of this has been done before 30. Yeah. God. Yeah, that's why there's no light in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why all the color yeah. has drained just down to black. Yeah. In honor of you, I kept it very dark today. Yeah. yeah. Good shirt. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I love the shirt. Do you know the shirt? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. big big group buy. Yes, one of our sweet sweet bartenders. Um, actually, on a previous episode that you have already met, Savannah, um, got all of our little girlies a T-shirt that says, um, "Oh, have the day you deserve." Love you. Yeah, little passive aggressive moment, or maybe not aggressive. Maybe you're wonderful, and then I hope you have the day that you deserve. Yeah. It's not likely, but possible. It's possible. We've met some wonderful people. Anyway. Okay. So a lot of that was Chattanooga. How'd you get here to Nashville? Um, so it was actually down in Franklin. A friend of mine from Chattanooga was helping to, to open a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> never saw this one coming. Um, it was around July of 2020. Um, so things were just kind of starting to get mobile again uh, in the area. And he called me. Um, said, Hey, I know you're not doing anything right now, which was correct. Um, will you come run this bar for me? 
I, I interviewed for the bar manager job. I got the general manager job. So now I need a bar manager. <laughs> there you go. So he, he called me and I was just like, sure, whatever. So like I, I packed up what I could and, uh, one car trip, I slept on my friend's couch for a few months and opened another restaurant. <laughs> just keep them coming, baby. Yeah. Just keep so them. I, was, I was there for a year and then, uh, you offered me a job. Uh, uh, so I was, um, good talent when i see a good talent good people i'm like come to my team yeah come be a part of this over here which was great it was you know it was a nice uh change of pace like it's first time in a long time working in just a bar like not affiliated with a restaurant affiliated with like a hotel or anything like that so it was a really fun uh transitionary period and like it's working there is still to this day my favorite bar job that i've had Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's wonderful. That makes me so happy. Yeah, absolutely. I try really hard. You do a very good to make it <laughs> an enjoyable place to work because this industry, unfortunately, can be pretty toxic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of my little nod earlier to I think a lot of prior generations were one okay with a lot of the bad stuff, and then I think two almost reveled in it in a little bit it gave them this like i don't want to say sense of value but maybe this sense of like look what i can do look what i can put up with maybe i think there's a part of this that's been really interesting um as soon as we entered like the um the bobby flay era Mm. of food and beverage i think there's this rock star mentality that comes with uh working in the industry and with that if you think about you know like a lot of the rock stars at the time like there comes a certain level of abuse that is uh, physically and emotionally abusing that is expected. Yeah. Not just tolerated, but encouraged almost. It is. Like that's part of the reasons I wanted to leave kitchens is because like, I didn't want to get a a cocaine addiction. Yeah. And most of the people that I worked with in back house throughout, you know, like the six years that I was working at back house had something. Yeah something going on and yeah. it was just i wanted to distance myself from that not to say that it's significantly better on the front of front house no it's certainly not i mean that's a large it's reason to afford <laughs> you just made a lot more money um yeah gosh that really is so wild i get asked still i mean just constantly especially from non-industry people why if i now live on broadway why don't i just work at a broadway bar and i'm it's it's a lot of that it's a lot of like, number one, my God, those hours are awful. We are very spoiled. Our bar closes at midnight. I think the latest that I've been there in the last several months was like two o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. And that was like, we were still three deep at close. It was an event weekend. We didn't get to do any of our pre-close. Like that, if, that is not our norm. I'm yeah. usually leaving by like 1 a.m., which... Freaking spoiled That's for the, great. Yeah. For the bar yeah. world. I, I, I worked at a 4 a.m. bar. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. yeah, these are open till what three is the national three, yeah. standard. Yeah. And then at that point, I mean, I can't imagine they're able to do a whole heck of a lot of pre closing. No, it looks like this all the time. Yeah, it's just it's constantly crazy. You can almost not tell the difference between like a Tuesday night and a Friday night. Yeah. And, There's like, some like, difference. They don't, they're they're closed like, for a few hours. <laughs> say, yeah, but it's like, it's not. Um, yeah, my goodness, it's they're open till three. They're not done all, with all their closing stuff until five. I mean, how are? Let's just be real for a second. How are you staying up until five in the morning? Like, God help you if you have to mail a letter or go to a doctor's appointment. Oh my God, yeah. It's like how are you supposed to do anything in the functioning 
powers of our society. What was it like for you? So the restaurant you were at before our bar, you were managing, still doing a lot, still working some pretty heavy hours, nothing compared to clearly what you had been doing. No, no, that was in like the 70-ish hour range, generally speaking. You were at least, though, able to stick yourself in the service well most of the time. Yeah. And not engage nearly as much with guests as we have to. What has that change been like? And do you ever wish you could go back? So there's an interesting... There's two camps, right? There's just like, I, I love the service well or I hate the, ser- or hate the service well. Okay, it's it, like some people really thrive in those extroverted situations, kind of like what we do more often. And some people, like I tend to, like being able to just kind of put your head down and do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's It was a hard transition, to be honest. And like in, in a lot of my years of bartending, it's it's been at the service well. Um, and I would occasionally, like, if we were like slow or something, like I would find a, a way to make myself forward facing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think a large part of like why I kind of navigated to the service well, even in the beginning of bartending, uh, was coming from back of house. Mm-hmm. Do you think of back of house, you're just getting the ticket, you make the order, you send it out. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact same thing in the service well. So I, I put a lot of focus on, uh, technique and speed and like working in these high volume bars. Like even that 18 room hotel, like I said, it had a 150 person restaurant and a 30 yeah. person bar. So like it was, yeah. we were constantly just, you know, taking tickets. And uh, my bar manager at the time thought to put a Ramos Gin Viz riff on that cocktail menu. Uh, so yeah, I, I, my focus was, was technique cleanliness and, and speed. Uh, and I think that kind of just stuck with me for a long time. And it's been, it's, it's been a learning curve kind of being forced to be in an interactive position yeah um we're yeah we really have to be very interactive with our bar it's the relationships i think no pun intended but like bar and above of what keeps people coming to our space yeah we have an incredible whiskey selection we have over 215 now probably yeah Yeah. last last time i counted we were at like 218 and we just made a few more spaces so of all different whiskeys yes and i'm bringing in I think three more this week. I haven't officially decided. <laughs> I, I can't do it. We always have this conversation where he's like, Jill, you need to stop. And I'm like, but it's tasty. But it's and it's different. <laughs> and I want it behind the bar. Um, so we do have a wonderful selection. We do have amazing food for being significantly primarily a bar. Our kitchen's fantastic. They've talked about some of the best burgers like ever. Um, and we have a great cocktail menu, great seasonals, great classics, all of that's there, but we're in such a huge hospitality oriented city and space, both Nashville and further South, just kind of our whole bubble. What I think keeps people coming back is those relations and connections that people do have with our bartenders. I think of course it plays in that all of that is good, but I think what really people come back for is they just, they love our staff. They're like, they like hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's great. And it's, it's been, it's been a fortunate learn, but it has been a learn. That's good for me. But like, it's, I've met some really great people uh, just from having conversations from bartender to guest and from guest to bartender. And so it's, it's a cool opportunity and it's something that I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was definitely like, I'm a very introverted person. Nine times out of no. ten. Yeah, like, <laughs> bartending is exhausting for me, but I love it so, so much. Like, <laughs> I love that you love it. It's always just a little funny to me because you are such an introverted person. Yeah. And yet you are in a highly extroverted field. Yeah. 
Right, so as soon as I clock out, I just put in headphones. <laughs> and, like I don't talk to anybody for the rest of the day. Yes, he Loki does really enjoys opening by himself. Like if I have two people on, he's like, Ugh, I just want to put my headphones in and not yeah. speak to anybody. <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like my morning ritual is to like go get my coffee, mm-hmm. get to the bar, mm-hmm. and I just listen to audiobooks. Shout out to Onyx and Alabaster for completely fueling our caffeine addiction (laughs) at our bar. I really wish they were open on Sundays, but for now, otherwise. On Sundays when I open, I stop at McDonald's and get coffee. There you go. Like, the bar gets so low. (laughs) 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 Like, I'm not even going to, like... I'm not even going to like a Dunkin' Donuts. Like I'm, I'm straight to like gas station coffee. So that, so is it just black coffee though? Yeah. There you go. Why not? Yeah, it's just like it just it goes like if, with Onyx is open. It's a thirteen dollar coffee now. It's <laughs> like it's it's four shots of espresso, oh. dirty iced chai with oat milk, and a little wellness shot. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I love yeah. It's, I, I think my I spent like nineteen dollars there two days ago for just for, for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> And then on Sundays, it's just like, what's the grossest thing I can? Yeah, think you're of? like, what can I? How do I just get caffeine straight, mainlined into my system? There you go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a 16 ounce black coffee and a Red Bull chaser. Like it's... Okay. With all that being said, and I know we're we're at this point, back of house, front of house is a little bit apples and oranges. It's I'm sure not entirely fair to compare. But which do you feel like is objectively the harder? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Um, so I think I think they're like you said, it's apples and oranges. They're very they're both very difficult for different reasons. Uh back of house is much like hotter and sharper. Kind of louder. Um where run a house, the people have an interesting way of existing sometimes. Um, <laughs> Such a nice way of putting it. It's the nicest one I can think of. People, people kind of suck sometimes, especially you know once alcohol gets involved. Like it's it's true that like it's you know yeah, it, it impairs judgment. People at their best selves. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. And like you know like sometimes like there's you know some some really great very happy drunk people but they're that doesn't mean they're making great choices no. uh it's just it's because they're in a good mood yeah it's a little crazy how how quickly that can turn especially when the conversation often inevitably comes of we you should I, yeah you should yeah. stop i i can i'm happy to give you a water i'd love to put in some food for you i can't get you any more alcohol yeah some people take it great most people don't yeah and it's it's it, people get embarrassed and they're, they're you know people are inherently we're we're, we're sensitive creatures and yes. like that's as adults that how often does somebody tell you like hey you've done bad yeah and it's just like it's it's not a communication that people receive a yeah. lot and we have to do it like that shame trigger yeah you want to react instead of just like Okay. And like we we kept unfortunately like there's not a lot of great ways to sugarcoat. Yeah. Like you have to say it pretty clearly. You, you know, just like yeah, hey, the, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. When I first started, especially as like when I was first bartending as like a young girl serving, you know, my respectfully like my elders, like it was very uncomfortable to like as a young twenty something year old girl to tell like a sixty year old man 
you've had enough. Yeah. Like, it's super uncomfortable. I don't want to have to have those conversations. Every time it comes up, I'm like, can you please just have the personal awareness to know? But of course, a lot of people don't. You're drunk. So, no, you're not realizing. And that's fine. That's why it's on us to say something. But, man... It has never gotten easier. Do you feel like it's ever gotten easier? No, no, okay. no. And like I've seen some like you know, so like clever tricks and like it's like one of my uh, old coworkers uh, had a great approach that mostly worked. Which was and he would just be like, "Hey, you came to have a good time, right?" And inevitably they'd be like, "Yeah." And he'd be like, "Are you having a good time?" They'd be like, "Yeah." Do you want to keep having a good time? Yeah, great. So here's some water, and this is gonna make sure you have a good time for the rest of your night, and we do too. And then he would just walk away. Like, that was the end of the conversation. And he would just never go back. <laughs> and that's why you start credit card uh-huh. tabs for people, uh-huh. okay? Start the tab when they're sober. He was the least, the, the least um, confrontational yeah. person uh, I had ever worked with. Like, it's, I, uh, he rarely had a complaint against him. My one complaint was he never said, I'm not going to serve you. I was going to say, I was just about to, yes, that was, because then, especially with how bars generally operate now, there's usually another bartender floating with you, also dealing with the same guests, and then it makes it very uncomfortable when it's like, well, now I'm approaching them, especially if they are drunk, they probably didn't. They didn't quite receive the message. Yeah, they didn't quite receive the message, so then you have to be like... Uh, do I have to like cut you off a second time? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it, it unfortunately happened a couple of times, but you know, the blessing and the curse of the job is that we are responsible for it. And like, you know, yeah. if anybody hears this that it's outside of the industry, we're not cutting you off because it's fun. Uh, it's for your safety and ours, and it's it, we're we're legally liable if you trip and bonk yeah. your noggin, then like we could lose our licenses and lose our livelihoods. And, like, if you're super confident that you're fine and you want to keep drinking, go to another bar. Yeah, just, just go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. I think that that's why the front of house, it, it carries a lot more weight. Because, like, there's very little chance of me going to jail working in a kitchen. Sure. And that's why I, like, stack so many people. say, yeah, it's, like, personal. Which, like, personal I thought about, choices. yeah, I thought about multiple times during my tenure uh, in kitchens. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think I ever did it. Back of house has to put up with a lot. Front of house just has to put up with a lot in a lot of different ways. But yeah. just have different like consequences i guess yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like you know it's i learned a lot from both and i continue to learn a lot from both i I still reference techniques and like ideas and like things that i did in the kitchen constantly yeah i can you tell us more about that like what is your process for whether it's making a specific cocktail or a cocktail menu i know the back of the house has so much influence on that for you what does that look like for you where do you start uh, I think the start is picking, think about the concept of the establishment, like what you're creating and what fits within those parameters. So like for, for our cocktail menu, uh, for me, it's a lot of, we do a seasonal rotation. So I try to think about what's available locally um, and fresh that is seasonal. And then thinking about, I usually, I go back to food and like, think about like, wow, like if we're talking about peaches. Like, what's the last really cool thing I had with peaches? And it was, like, this really great, like, it was a peach candy jalapeno dessert that I had ages ago. Um, and it was, like, peach and jal- candy jalapeno and, like, a whipped mascarpone. Um, 
And so I take those things and then try to think about if, if I can correctly execute those in a drink format. So a lot of it is just like, you know, like there's, there's bars like Double Chicken Please that are doing like similar concepts that are all very food-based um, cocktails. And then like, are there techniques that I used in the kitchen that would help me create this in a drink, right? So like doing a candied jalapeno, jalapeno syrup, very easy, straightforward concept there. Um, you could do, you know, infusions or you can do gels. I did a, a cocktail that was uh, entirely, an edible cocktail that was made entirely out of caviar pearls. Uh, okay. So I took all the components of an aviation and made made it into a spoonful. Um, and, you know, and so the whole cocktail was it like was it pearls. was a, it was a yeah big bite of caviar that was still the like they didn't cook any of the alcohol out of it in the process. I love it. Yeah, so it was it was like a, just a really fucked up jello shot. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, so it's just for me, it's 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 seasonality, availability, and what fits in the concept. Um, but almost everything I make has some kind of food connection to it. Or like I made that Tom Yum cocktail. Oh my gosh, I loved was, that. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah. yeah, what all was in that cocktail? What is it, Tom Yum? Yeah, Tom Yum is like the the Thai coconut soup, right? So it was it was like um, Thai chili, pimento chili, coconut milk. Um, I really would have liked to do it with like a like a like a Japanese gin or vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Japanese whiskey at the time. Um, and there's a couple, of, yeah, there's a, a little bit of lime and a little bit of uh, cilantro as well. Yeah. Yeah. You use the saffron liqueur in there. That was it. Yeah. Yes. A little bit of saffron. Yeah. The saffron liqueur that we're also still about to incorporate on this fall menu. I'm like obsessed with it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's for me, it's like, it's even if I don't think I would personally enjoy it, like it, mm-hmm. if it can be objectively seen as good, then I'm fine with executing it. Like I don't like beets. I've made good meat cocktails. Like I, I don't like watermelon or pineapple. We've got a great watermelon and pineapple cocktail on Yeah, that's usually the process. I love that. Well, that's great. What is your favorite go-to thing when you're like in the weeds and you need to like yell something out? Do you have any go-to phrases or words that you like to? Uh, I usually just scream release? really loud and as high pitched as I can. Uh, there's all, there's, you know, the occasional just like a uh, turkey noise, like the gobble. But you do do the yeah, gobble. Yeah. Whenever I like, I start to get like stressed out instead of saying like behind or anything. And it's... <laughs> yes. It's a lot of that. The busier we get behind our bar, the call outs of behind corner coming down, coming out, just like all fall off. And all of us just make like a, it just sound. yeah. The only thing all you need to know is that there's somebody like in your zip code, right? Like, it's like, do I, do I want to know that you're behind me? Sure. Would I, do I, can I figure that out through you just going, ah, yeah. And I, I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mine has turned into, in my head, it was always supposed to sound a little bit more like a siren. But I've, but I've been called out that it sounds a little bit more like a cat meow. I <laughs> <laughs> think Tyler was the first one to call me out because in my head it's like a wee woo wee woo. It's not. That's not the sound. Either. Because it's too fat. Because it's just because that's too slow. So it just turns into this like wee woo, <laughs> or it's just like a. I yeah. It just. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm. I agree. I'm big on the sound effects for that. But yes, you and Wyatt, one of our new bar- bartenders, I think, had a moment recently where y'all were slammed and you looked up and just more people kept coming in. Yeah. Uh, and we just, we looked at each other from opposite ends of the bar, which admittedly isn't that far. It's, it's no. probably like, it's like a 40 foot bar. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Uh, and we were just on opposite ends of the bar. We just like made eye contact and 
just screamed at you. And the same, like the same beat, the same note, everything. It was a perfect lineup. And I think that was like my third shift ever working with this guy. Did anyone react at no, the bar? No, no, they didn't care about us. <laughs> so being front of house for so long, is there anything that you wish more guests understood or a behavior that they exhibited more frequently that you feel like would either just make things smoother or would make you feel more seen and respected. I think that's like respect is the word. It's there's a lot of, a lot of people that we interact with, particularly working where we do. And, you know, and I, you know, I'm sure it's universal, uh, but having a little bit of grace, a little bit of patience and a whole lot of respect for the people that are in control of your food and drinks. Um, I think that's, you know, there's a lot of folks that do understand that did work in the service industry. It's a lot of folks that have no idea that have never done it. A lot of folks that have worked in the industry are still jerks. It's, <laughs> look, if, if, if it's not the good qualifier that you think it is, no. if you have to tell me that I'm, I got my eyes on you, I hate to break it to you, but I'm like, going back to talking about all the bad habits that a lot of people in the industry have. It's, yes. Uh, but yeah, I think it's understand that we're probably there because we want to be. Yes, and we so enjoy too. what we do, and it's it's our job and our pleasure to take care of you and to make sure that you have a good experience. But in those times, you need to also understand that we are we have the power. We have the power, and we're we have a job to do. We are doing our job. Yeah. You are there to have fun and party, and that's wonderful. And a lot of times, we're fortunate enough to also have fun while we're there. Yeah. But we are we are we are on the clock. Yeah. And I think I think sometimes people somehow forget that almost like they clearly know that we are serving them, but I think because they're having so much fun, they forget of like I'm I'm not just here for fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I am doing a job right now. We're serving you, but we're not a servant. Yes, and it's I think it's an important distinction. Um, so just have a little a little more grace, and you know I'll take all of that back. I'll take that as like my second thing. Okay. Uh, I want like Yelp and Google reviews to go away. Oh, please, my goodness! <laughs> there's so many times where there's just like a minor problem that snowballs, right? Like, and it, it's hard to recover after you know the first or second issue. And I understand things happen. Like, we've all had a bad day. One hundred percent. But like we've a lot of those day, times, we've all had bad experiences. Places. I've had I've had reviews about me about a problem that I could have fixed, but it was never brought to my attention. Oh, that's so and, frustrating. You know, things things along those lines. Like it's back through all of that is like we we do we want to make sure that you're having a yes. good time here yeah and we want it to be fun and enjoyable for everybody involved completely and i just should... so agree with that yeah. i wish more people and of course i think people often don't say something because they they don't want to be a problem or they're uncomfortable and i was i do respect that however just like you're saying it's like i please give us the opportunity to make it right. And I understand, again, not, not all of your service industry people are, we're not all going to provide the same service and experience. I do understand that. However, most of us do just want the opportunity to fix it and correct it. We are here with the understanding that we are here to provide a good time for you. If you did not like your dish, if you did not like your drink, I think people are like, well, how do I say that without sounding like a jerk? Just tell me. Yeah. Don't complain. Don't be like, 
you made this terrible. Don't make it personal. Just communicate of, hey, I actually don't love this or this is not what I ordered or whatever. Yeah. There's just a communicate like, like, like a, to, like you're communicating to a person. Yes. Like just <laughs> give the opportunity. If you're nice about it, I'd much rather just like, cool, we can, we can eat the cost of that drink. I really, I really want you to enjoy what you're having here. Yeah. If you're an ass about it and you're throwing a whole fit. I no longer I'm, care about yeah, solving your problem. I know. It's like, then I, then I, no, then I don't care if you, yeah, yeah it's like, I had, I had a lady uh, order a, a Jameson and ginger once and I made it and I handed it to her and then she like drank three quarters of it and then handed it back and said, that's not what I ordered. And I was like, well, it's Jameson and ginger. She was like, yeah, I don't like it. And I was like, like, that's not what I can do anything. Yeah. And I was like, about. well, like, what do you, what do you, what, are you, how can I help you in this situation? She said, make it again. And I was just like, no, because that's that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not a cocktail. That's a, just a highball. That's just two ingredients. It's yeah. going to be the exact same as what I gave you last time. Yeah, that one is. Yeah, and like it's like off the bat, she was combative about it, and like it was just like you know, if she had been like, hey, you know, like even she'd be like, maybe the ginger ale is flat. Also, not to your benefit if you like down the drink and then complain. Yeah, it's the same thing as like finishing your steak before you start to think about it. it yes. Like, well, it was a little overcooked. Like, well, I can't see it. Yeah, and I can't feel well, it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so you consume said product. Yeah, there's only so much I can do now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I swear on all things, like I I will bend over backwards if you are nice to me. One thousand percent to do anything to make you happy in that situation. Yeah. But as soon as you're like a little bit mean, I don't give a shit about what kind of day you were having. It's not going to influence mine. It's, it's yeah, no. It's just the longer I'm in this the more boundaried I have become for self-preservation. Yeah. Because otherwise the longevity in this industry is just going to tank for me. And I don't want it to. I love our job so much, but people can and have along the way made it pretty difficult to continue wanting to keep coming back. It's like choosing to be yelled at type of thing. Where like, obviously I don't want to do that. So yeah, it's, it's just be nice. Just be nice. Be nice. It Communicate your problems to us in a way that is, you know, effective and we can help resolve them. Yeah. Uh, being retroactive and posting about it on the internet without communicating to anybody mm-hmm. prior that there was any kind of issue, I think is the stupidest thing on the planet. Yeah. You're just setting yourself up to be angry. Yep. And you're passing that blame down because you are yeah, you, you are careful about controlling your your environment in the moment. Yeah. And your reaction to it. All right. My last question for you. What's next for you in the industry? I'm still undecided. Um, I think at this point, it's I, I'll always be in the industry in some facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a lifer. Yeah, I'm I'm so in love with it. I I physically can't bartend forever. Like the obvious next step is like like I said earlier, it's like I I thrive on the opening and the creation concept of concepts. Um, so I want to help people uh, do their concept designs and like help them with build outs in a way that like hopefully you know like we can start addressing like the ergonomics and like how to increase the longevity for your bartenders like make it where you don't have to bend over at the waist to get a scoop of ice um you know like kind of help with those kinds of design factors and then also just like creating sustainable concepts uh, both for for your staff and for your your guests um so i think that's that's probably my next focus yeah do you think you'd also offer like smaller pieces of that of like just helping people do 
cocktail menus and absolutely like yeah that. and that's that's i still i still do that kind of on the side not with the frequency that i did um in the past but it's something that i'm interested in getting more geared towards because it's i i love doing it and i think it's and there's a lot of it. places clearly proven to be great at it i mean <laughs> there's there's a lot of places that especially more and more these days a lot of people think it's easy to own and operate a bar and a restaurant yeah like like we've seen it, you know, in the city. anyone that's doing it well, it should look easy yeah. and it should look fun. Absolutely. It's, we've, but, we've seen it more man, and more. People are yeah. like, oh, yeah, just me and my friend. Yeah, we have money and we love bars. We're going to open one. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you now, it's not a great idea. It right. takes a lot of hands on. It takes a lot of learning. You know, it's the, it's it's the same thing. thing it was in back of house. Like I said, I started as a dishwasher and I learned every day. And then bartending, I, I came in, I, I, I read every day. I, I still do. It's a continual learning process. And like, this is my ninth year bartending now. Wow. Uh, Call me. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I still like, I find out something new every day. Mm -hmm. And for the folks that are coming in with no training, no back knowledge, only just the vaguest idea that it's something that they enjoyed sure. as a guest. I think it's the which is not the worst reason to start. I'm not. I'm not saying like don't ever, but yeah, but hire somebody to help you. Yes, <laughs> just, just I, I don't want to see another place fail that had a great idea that was executed executed poorly. Yeah, because 100%. that's that's the biggest heartbreak to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When there was so much potential, and it just really never yeah. got. Yeah. Just ask somebody for help. Yeah. Yeah. Like how much of how much of something should you order? Where are you ordering it from? Who do you need to call to get this thing? Mm -hmm. But you, you don't just walk into that. Yeah. It's, How do you establish those relationships? Yeah. How do you make those relationships better? And How do you make them work for you? you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Big time. Yeah. Well, amazing. Thank you so much yeah, for maybe. sitting down with us, with me and the bean. And the bean. <laughs> well, wonderful. We're going to wrap this up. Matt has declined to join me, but I'll still be sticking with my last call. You got it. <laughs> I believe in you. Last call for alcohol.